Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast. Well, this time we are doing something a little bit different. It's look at hypothetical historical events around managers this week. We're going to look at how it might have worked out if they'd stayed, if they'd gone. You'll remember the incidents that we'll be talking about. And I've been joined by Alex and Dave to have a chat about these events which we've looked at. So we're going to start with Dave Stevens and he's going to talk about Alan Pardew. Get us going, Dave. All right. Cheers, Paul. Yeah. So uh, here's the hypothetical. Uh, what if Alan Pardew hadn't been tempted by West Ham? So at the start of the 2003-04 season, West Ham approached Reading, asking for permission to appoint the Royals boss, Alan Pardew, as their new manager. Reading refused, but Pardew's head was turned and he resigned in September 2003, ultimately becoming the Hammers boss. But what if he had stayed? So at the time of his departure, Reading had started the season relatively well and were coming off the back of a decent season that ended in playoff semi-final heartbreak. Now, assuming Pards had stuck around, I believe we'd have been good value to maintain the required pace to be in the top six for much of that season. Um, A mid-September trip to West Ham, now that has the backdrop of the unrequited advance, right? So Pardew's fired up by the endorsement of his quality. Um, He's drawing on that message of like this lot want to be where you are, teams inspired, comfortable and efficient 3-0 win, okay? Uh, a couple of glitches, the likes of Bradford and Walsall, we always used to lose to them uh, when we shouldn't. That rounds out the year. There's a defeat to West Brom, but going into the new year, Reading sit fourth in the table with slight designs on that top two spot. Um, decent Christmas period, but we still have that mystifying loss to Wimbledon that still, still happens. Still 3-0. Something, yeah, it's like 3-0, 4-0. Like, I, I, I haven't got over that. I, I, I'm taken back to remembering that one right now. Um, but even so, series of draws and enough wins to stay competitive. Um, as the season draws to a close, Reading are again in a playoff scenario for the second season running, find themselves facing Sunderland in a semi-final matchup that on paper doesn't bode well for the Royals. They were brilliant that season. Um, tight nil-nil away, followed by an arrow one-one uh, nil win at the Medeski, thanks to a Scott Murray goal. Remember him? Um, against oh, wow, the, this this really is hypothetical, isn't it? <laughs> Scott Murray. <laughs> wow. I, Scott Murray was done dirty by this club. I think he's a great player. Um, <laughs> against the runner play, uh, sees Reading into the playoff final, where they face a Crystal Palace side containing a red hot. Andy Johnson can't change history. He was brilliant that season. Despite despite putting up a valiant fight succumb to a second half sucker punch, chase an equaliser, concede the death, beaten 2-0, more playoff heartbreak. However, returning for 2004-2005, Pardew stays in his job because if you remember, um, he's shown further progression here. So two seasons ago in the old Division 2, 
playoff semi loss, playoff final loss, he's still building. So he's still in the job. Bolsters his forward line with the acquisition of Marlon Harewood uh, as a Pardew signing in my book. Um, and he again, again, he leads us to a top six finish and a favorable draw in the semis uh, for the playoffs against Derby. Terrible that year. Uh, don't know how they were in the playoffs. Uh, who the Royals dispatched with an aggregate score of 4 1. And that sets up a playoff final facing Ipswich. Um, got more goals in our side now because we've got Harewood. That makes the difference on that occasion. Reading are promoted to the top flight for the first time in their history and go on to have a creditable but not exceptional first season in the Premier League, confirming their safety with a 1-0 win over Manchester City with three weeks remaining in the season. I'm I glad that we got a playoff final win there, Dave, because I was really worried, Alex, weren't you? Because if you'd like, even in the hypothetical world, <laughs> you killed our dreams. <laughs> it's one of the one of those things with Pardew is everybody always said, oh, we were always progressing in the Pardew and, and like it would have been great to see him stay. And it, it does feel like inevitably if Pardew had stayed, we probably would have got to the Premier League eventually. Yeah, I think I think with the uh, playoff final uh, being a win, I see that progression. Like if you if you look at when he did go to West Ham, he, he got them to a uh, into the playoffs, but they didn't make it through the first time. And then the next time round won the playoffs. So I think he would have done that with us. I think that's how he does it. Like little increments over time. Yeah. Yeah. And Marlon Harewood Harewood being, uh, being up front there would have been a, would have been a bit of a game changer at the time. I know I'm sure there's people listening. Marlon Harewood. (laughs) Terrible (laughs) sign. He was great. At the time. time, Yeah. Zero, zero, four, zero, five. He was a quality championship player, to be honest. A quality backup for Nicky Forster as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, imagine that, knocking it on. <laughs> I was going to say, would he have started alongside Forster or would he have started uh, instead of Forster? You'd have some pace there as well, wouldn't you? You'd yeah, have pace, pace and power. I, pace I think you'd been tempted to put, put them in together. Um, I would like to see that. I think that would be a great partnership. Would we? And the question remains then, Dave, is if we had stayed up... Would we have then gone on to have second season syndrome with Alan Pardew? Yeah, that's a great question. So I I don't think we would have. Um, if you look at what Pardew did after that, I don't think he would have like continued that advancement. I think there was there would have been a ceiling for what he could have done with Reading, but I do think that the progression there would have been he would have established us as one of those clubs that is never troubling the top of the Premier League, but not really worried about relegation. Um, the the classic club for that in that time period was probably Stoke, right? You turn it on or bar every, every, right? yeah. every year, like not really getting excited about anything positive eighth, or negative. Eighth to fourteenth every year, guarantee, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think would he would have done that for a couple of seasons, and then someone would have taken a punt on him just as they did in in real life. So yeah, he would have gone on somewhere else still. Uh, the and the main the main thing from your. Uh hypothetical universe there dave which i can definitely see happening would have been a semi-final again uh, sorry a final against crystal palace where yeah. andy johnson scores against <laughs> us i think he scored every single game against us back then uh, yeah i can remember yeah, been, both, the, both the real games that season yeah, yeah. when they beat us both times yeah yeah <laughs> i think he i think he scored every 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 single game he scored against us oh five oh six i think he i think he'd just been picked for england when he was in the championship at that point as well and he was still scoring he scored at uh, Selhurst Park that season against us very late on. Might have been like the 80th minute before. Yeah. Uh, he before he scored in that three-two with the Lita overhead kick as well, if I remember rightly. He scored in that, that game too. Yeah. 
every every <laughs> week. Whatever, whatever happened to Andy Johnson? Well, yeah, that's a good question, isn't it? Yeah. Imagine this, though. If Alan Pardew had turned down West Ham and took us to the Premier League, he'd be an absolute Reading legend. None of this splitting of opinion, none of this thing that he does now. He's kind of like a lot of people want to give him credit for everything and how the basis of the start of the 06 season. But it's just hard to imagine, isn't it? But it could have happened with Pardew. I think he would have kept us up as well. Yeah, I think the thing about it is like he he laid the foundation for the 0506 team. Um that, that doesn't happen without him. I think we're all agreed on that, most of the fan base. But um I don't think he would have had the 0506 season. That that was a, that was Coppel's effect. So, you know, he, he still takes us up. I do think he would have taken us up, but he wouldn't have done it in the same manner that Steve Coppel did, because that was that was a different type of team. That is an absolute perfect segue there, Dave. Now it's time for Alex to tell us his hypothetical world of Steve Koppel. And this involves an event that maybe Alex was part of organising as well in the car park protest many years ago, but it moved on. That would never have happened, would it? Many, many years ago. Um, No, it still would have happened. I think this was... Yes, it would have, because that was a season before, wasn't it? Yeah. So the the hypothetical universe I'm going to take you all back to is uh, May 2009... May 12th, Reading have just lost at the Medeski Stadium 2-0 against Burnley at home in the second leg of the playoffs. Uh, playoff defeat for Reading again, in which is a very common theme. Uh, and after what looked like an immediate response to relegation the previous season from the Premier League, Steve Koppel resigns pretty much straight after the game and leaves Reading for good. But I'd like to give you an imaginary scenario where despite our loss to Burnley... Steve Koppel stays at Reading. So the summer of that season is pretty quiet with many of the Premier League stars that we did have, having already left for Pastures New. Um, you know, we've already lost Marcus Harnham in that summer. Dave Kitson out of a door the previous summer. Glenn Little gone. Graham Murty out of contract. Uh, and the side was going to be built around youngsters coming out of the academy. Alex Pierce, Jem Carajan, uh, you know, Simon Cox, who would become our transfer of the summer coming back from Swindon Town. Uh, one and a half million pounds, and we beat West Brom to his signature after he'd scored 29 goals in League One the season before. Um, and then we'd line him up front alongside Kevin Doyle, who'd stay on the basis that Steve Koppel was still the manager, um, playing a 4-4-2 Koppel-esque formation with Jimmy Kebe finally coming into his prime at Reading that season. And... Koppel still signing Joby McEnough as well from Watford that summer. Um, so Reading go on to start the season like a train on fire, pretty much mimicking where we'd been in 08-09. Starting the season, hard-fought one-all draw against favourites for the title, Newcastle United, who, who first, I think this was their first relegation back down to the championship in a long, long time. And they were expected to pretty much just trounce the league that year. Um after that, we go on a run of five victories against the likes of Barnsley, Nottingham Forest, uh, Watford. Um, and then we get to the first international break, sitting second behind only Cardiff City on 16 points from our first six. Um, we get knocked out early in the cup um, against Plymouth, who came bottom that season or, or second bottom in the championship. Um, by Christmas, we're sitting second second place, having a pretty good season, similar to the year before in 08-09. And behind, just, just behind West Brom, we've got 45 points. 
Newcastle struggling to get going under Chris Hewton and Magpies fans calling for more attacking football. And there's a lot of defensive dour style football from him and they're, they're really struggling to get goals um, up up north. And New Year strikes, um, Reading unfortunately lose Kevin Doyle to Wigan Athletic, who splashed the money out in the January transfer window to try and keep them in the Premier League once again. Um, and a record £8 million sale fee for, for Reading. And Kevin Doyle, 15-goal striker that season, leaves for Wigan to play in the Premier League again. Uh, the introduction, though, of a second Icelandic player into the team alongside Ivar Ingemarsson at the back emerges as Gilfie Sigurdsson begins to force his way into a first-team spot uh, after January. And Reading begin to change the formation from a 4-4-2 into a 4-5-1 with Simon Cox and the now second striker Shane Long swapping that striker role between them for the remainder of the season. Uh, unfortunately, Reading can't really keep up that uh, hot start again. It kind of mimics the season before and the change of formation doesn't really work out for us. We end up finishing third um, behind Newcastle who come second and West Brom who win the league, taking on Blackpool in the playoffs. 4,000 Royals fans go up to Blackpool on a Thursday. Never heard of. I'm sure it wouldn't wouldn't happen ever again. Um, and we go we go up we go up north and Charlie Adam, remember him, scores a 20-yard shot past Federici very early on, uh, with Blackpool pretty much sitting back after that and defending defending against Reading's 4-5-1 formation. Um, before Gilfie Sigurdsson plays a through ball to train long leading him to win a penalty and score, convert, 1-1, taking it to the second leg. Second leg, very frenetic. Winners knowing that they would be playing against Forrest at Wembley in a few weeks' time. Nil-nil at half-time. And Steve Coppel decides, right, no more 4-5-1. We're going back to 4-4-2. Our lead assist maker that season, Marek Matiowski, has got 11 assists by this point. Steve Coppel whips him off at half-time. Fans not happy with this at all. Playing Shane Long and Simon Cox up front together. Game very tense and Reading don't really get many chances in the second half. Um, 90th minute or so, DJ Campbell tripped up outside the area. Charlie Adam puts in a free kick into the top corner at the south stand end of the stadium. 2,000 Blackpool fans absolutely mad. Reading lose 1-0, knocked out in the semi-finals again. Uh, Blackpool beat Forest in the final, make it to the Premier League. Steve Coppel, straight after the match, resigns. Pretty much one year to the day after losing to Burnley in the playoffs. And pretty much resigns from football after that. We don't see him in, in management again. Um, and he never joins Bristol City or goes to management in, in, in India. Reading then looked to replace Steve Coppel with another bright young... Well, I say another a bright young spark, uh, and instead of looking internally, they end up appointing A.D. Boothroyd from Colchester, who previously had already led Watford into the playoffs and then ended up taking um, Watford up through the playoffs the same season that Reading got promoted with Coppel. Reading appointed A.D. Boothroyd, and that there we are. That is the that is the hypothetical universe. Wow, A.D. Boothroyd at Reading. That sends shivers through my heart. It really does. I don't know about anyone else, but one thing I love the idea there of Alex is Joby McEnough on the wing under Steve Coppel. 
I mean, that would be perfect, Dave, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think he uh, he's definitely a couple type of signing. As soon as you said that, that really rung true. Um, I think the combination of seeing uh, Mackinac on the wing under couple and Gilfy coming through under couple, like that is a tasty proposition. Like, I wonder what that would have gone like. Um, question for you then. So let's say that Gilfy does come through under couple. Let's say the season's decent. Um, yes, we lose the playoff um, battle, but you know, couple couples there. Do we still sell Gilfie at the end of the season uh, to I, cover the books? No, we don't, because of Kevin Doyle going in the uh, January window. Reading have already filled the in inverted mm-hmm. commas black hole that Medeski had uh, written into the accounts for every season. So Gilfie manages to stay that summer. I think we get a year under him. Of, uh, of of playing like silky football from from that number ten role, and he, he's top scorer, I reckon, the next season. Top scorer under, under Bruce Roy. Under, <laughs> under Bruce Roy, Gilfie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, England, England under, <laughs> I mean, he did did well with England under twenty one. Um, I, I seem to remember he didn't he take them to the into the Euros finals, the England under twenty one. I, I would argue, Alex, it's harder to not take the England under twenty one teams <laughs> to the Euros. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. I think final of the of the euros the under 21 I, I don't think that he would have been a disaster for us i i, I think eddie booth was very at, to yes. us was believable yeah at that point he was very very uh very highly what's mm. the word highly sought after still uh he was at that point yeah yeah definitely i think up until probably about that point he was very very highly sought after still after his spell with watford um and then, yeah, I think it kind of went a bit downhill after he left Colchester and Coventry. He, he, I think he did Coventry and he did North Northampton as well after that and never really kind of like... It, it's surprising that he actually went... He, his career kind of went down the entire way, starting off at Watford, getting promoted to the Premier League. He never really actually kind of took another job anywhere near as successful as that again. And yeah, now he's... Any world that we keep guilty for longer has got to be a good one, hasn't it? It's I mean, an exciting world, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the the other story you got uh, pretty spot on there. Like I, I believed every word was the Doyle journey. I, I do think I that, yeah. Yeah. Was there. Yep. Doyle's like, yep, I'll stick with him, one, and one then more, like, gives him one more year. Yeah, and then Wigan splashing the cat, like going to Wigan um, for a big money, and us like padding the the coffers with that. That's so believable as well. <laughs> Doyle, Doyle leaving, Doyle leaving to a, like a Premier League struggler who 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 realised they need like six goals from a striker yeah. from a Championship Championship striker to to keep them in the league. A Wigan would mm-hmm. have been the perfect. A like Wigan, Wigan or Hull, I reckon, would have been battling yeah. it out to try and sign him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can see this on the interesting thing about Steve Copper in that situation when he goes on to resign after full time. We all now know that Steve Copper slightly regrets that because not because he regrets leaving, it's just that he did it when he was very emotional, which is not something you kind of associate with Steve Copper, obviously in a football sense as a person, obviously. But if you've enjoyed this, let us get involved and let us know your ideas and suggestions of what ifs and so what do you think, Alex? You got anything uh, ideas you want to put out there? I'd love to do. I'd love to do a what if. Uh, what if Ron Gole had been successful, Paul? Oh. I'll probably leave you off that one though. <laughs> well, I think it's time to wrap up. Um, uh, yeah, there's some things which are believable and some things which aren't. So thanks for listening. We'll be back with another 
episode of this uh, pretty soon. Cheers. <laughs>